everybody, welcome to the Service Industry Podcast. My name is Matt Smith, and today I have my buddy Mitch Jewell with me. Mitch, how you doing? Doing good. good How's good. everybody doing? Yeah, good. And so we are going to be chatting about something near and dear to my heart, something that we call a customer experience, and we're going to go pretty deep into that today and what that means. And uh, I give this topic a lot of credit for us building our company to where it is now, um, because early on I recognized the importance of it. So. Uh, today we're going to dive into what that looks like. We're going to kind of explain, you know, what does a great customer experience do for you? Uh, why do customers recognize it not as a customer experience, but as a good feeling? Um, and then at the very end, we're going to kind of go into con- some key steps on how you can create a good customer experience inside your business. So uh, first thing I'm going to dive into today is basically what a great customer experience does for your company. And the first thing that does is it creates perceived value. And for those of you that don't know what that means, it's that feeling you get when you do business with somebody and it just feels right, feels good. Um, You've probably had good and bad experiences no matter what type of company you're dealing with. But typically from start to finish, you know, you call the company, they answer the phone on the first ring, they get out, they give you a quote right away, or maybe you went to their store and they had good prices or discounts and the staff was friendly and was actually able to help you uh, and they closed out the sale and when you left, you actually felt good about your purchase. That is what perceived value means. That's what a great customer experience does. In the in the homeowner's eyes in this instance, because we're talking about service companies here, um, Basically, at the end of a transaction, you want people to feel good about when they bought from you, right? And so that's kind of the whole goal of a customer experience is from start to finish, create an experience for your customer that is better than anybody else, right? And so uh, the next thing that it does for your business is it puts you above your competition. And this is obviously a a pretty um, straightforward topic, but literally nobody in your industry in your area i guarantee you is thinking like this um you know for us we own a an exterior cleaning company and this isn't to get on people in our industry or anything but for sure everybody's just worried about making enough money to to pay rent at the end of the month and to have weekend money for the most part there's very very few you know business owners in our category that take it real serious and so it's very easy for us to stand above the competition um because we answer our phone you know, we get out there and we give quotes and not just give quotes, but our estimate sheets blow everybody else's away. When someone hangs on to our estimate sheet and they hang on to somebody else's, it's not even, it's not even comparable. So when we're 50 or a hundred dollars higher, they can justify it. That's that perceived value I'm talking about. Uh, it makes and looks, uh, it, it feels and makes your business look more expensive. That's a huge thing, especially for those of you that one day want to be able to charge uh, higher rates, you know, to your clients. You want to kind of get out of the trap of, of not being able to charge enough to survive. You have to create a good customer experience to get there. Um, and it makes, you know, like I said, it makes your business feel expensive. And at the end of the day, a good example, and this is kind of one that everybody uses, is you go to McDonald's, you go in, you get a, a Big Mac or whatever it is. It's the same exact experience for the most part, every single time. And they do probably out of any franchise, any company, the best I've ever seen it done. Um, you know, so you go, you get a burger, it tastes the same. You go, you talk to the customers, they're all dressed, or the, the staff, they're all dressed the same. The wait time's about the same. The insides are often the same. Um, and so that's kind of first things first of, of what a great customer ex- experience will do for your business. I think with the uh, McDonald's um, example is, when you look down to the basics of it, a lot of it comes down to their systems. Um, 
they have a system, you know, that to make a burger, it's going to be the same wherever it is. And that's why it comes out the same time. Um, the systems on making the buildings are the exact, exactly the same. So I think in a way, creating perceived value is having systems in place. So you got to know, you know, like you said, when someone calls, are, is your phone going to get answered on the first ring? Is your, you know, quote going to go out in the first couple of days or however long, whatever your system is, you got to get those down and that will help you create perceived value. Yeah. And it goes deeper in that. It's like, yeah, obviously I need to answer the phone, but am I answering it the exact same way every single time? Because let's go deeper into the customer experience thing. When I have a tech that goes out to a house and then they call us again next year because they want their windows cleaned again and I send a whole different crew. So this customer hasn't met these people. Our goal is to do our best to make the experience as similar as the time before. Same thing with McDonald's. That's why people go there over and over because they know what to expect. People like to buy from companies when they know what to expect. They don't want to hire another company that does what we do, even if they know we're 50 bucks higher because they don't know what they're going to get. So you have to go in deep inside your systems and say, okay, when my guys go out to a job, what are they saying to the customer? What am I, what am I going to have all of them say the exact same thing? And they're not robots. They're going to do it in their own way. But the goal is to have as consistent of an experience as possible. So if you have a new guy coming in, he'll be able to pick up on the system that you've created and give them the exact same experience. Well, you got to have training in place. Um, And, you know, I talk about this a lot. We do when, especially at the beginning of the year, we put all of our guys, even if they've been here three years, through the same training again. And we force them to basically role play with each other how they're talking to customers. One's the customer, one's the tech. Um, This is not a perfect solution, but it's the best way. You know, we'll have one day full of training on on services. The next day is full of training on actually talking to customers and and how they're supposed to upsell. And and when they get to the house, what are they supposed to say? When they're halfway through the job, what are they supposed to say? When they close out the deal, what are they supposed to say? All this stuff is very, very important. And when they don't do it, I take it really serious, right? And so you have to have those things in place. But you can't just tell your your, uh, employees to do something. You You have to teach them. And you have to stay on them because they get lazy, right? Um, and so the next topic I have here is, is how do you create a customer experience, right? Um, and I wrote down here, first, you step out of your business and start thinking like the customer would from start to finish. So no matter what you do, if you're a window cleaner, lawn care guy, plumber, whatever it is, step out of your company and pretend you're going to hire yourself. What does that look like? What are you looking for as a customer? What, what are you hoping when that person answers the phone? What do they sound like? What do they say? When you want a quote done, how does that work? Do they come out to your house to do it? Do they do it over the phone? Do they do it in one day? Do they do it in four days? When your texts come out, how do you want your text to act? How do you want them to dress? How do you, all this stuff, right? So you really have to step out of your role because it's easy for us to get stuck in our business. And you have to start to look at it kind of in the customer's eyes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that customer, they've obviously been thinking, if they're getting their windows cleaned or calling you to get their windows cleaned or whatever the service might be, they've been thinking about it for a while. You know, man, I got to get my windows cleaned. I got to call Matt or whatever. I got to call Dirt Hunter. They've been thinking about it for a while where for you and your techs, it's something you're doing, you know, three, four, five times a day, different jobs. Yeah. So it's easy to fall into that routine where you have to step out, like you said, to put yourself in there and try to give them the best. I think that's the best way to come up with you know, the best customer service is by trying to put yourself in their shoes and almost making it more emotional for you to the point where, you know, you try to ch- treat each job like it's your only job. Yeah. Yeah. And and another thing is you got to execute on pain points. So 
when you're thinking about how am I going to create the best customer experience, you got to look at your industry and look at your competition and say, what is everybody around us not doing well? What are things that I think are important to the customer that other people maybe aren't taking as serious? And then build your experience around that. Because if you can somehow, you know, create a system around pain points. So when people call you and maybe, you know, they had a plumber come out a year ago and, oh, he charges $150 an hour, but he doesn't tell me ahead of time how long he's going to be there. So I have no clue what to expect. Maybe you build an experience around, hey, you give people a price up front and people like that, right? And so it's little things like that, that you build your systems around pain points. That way, if you can solve those pain points, you're a hero. Yeah. What would you say is the best way to find those pain points? Finding your competition and you know, knowing what they don't do well, how do you figure that out well, the easiest? You're going to learn pain points as you go through the business because people are going to tell you, right? Just naturally, they're going to tell you, hey, I had this, the last company we had do it, they did this and we didn't like that. Take a mental note, right? Write it down if you have to. Got to be conscious of and that. And then your competition, you need, to, you need to scope them out, especially in the beginning. I talk about this when people start their companies all the time. You have to price shop, call, pretend you're a customer, ask questions that a customer would ask. Get as much information as you can, obviously without them knowing that you're a, comp- you're a competitor, right? But that's what I did in the very beginning. I learned how to price all my jobs and everything by calling my main competitors and seeing what they were charging. And then I knew, well, you know, I'll get my, my prices close enough in the beginning. And as you grow, you can tweak that a lot more. But the best way to learn about your competition is to literally just research the crap out of them. Absolutely. Right. But let me say this, don't get obsessed with it. Because if you get obsessed with your competition, it will hold you back from growing. Uh, Grant Cardone says, um, "Don't compete with your don't compete, dominate." It's a good good rule of thumb because if you're always focused on what the guy who's just a little bit bigger than you is doing, you're always gonna you're always just gonna stay kind of small. But you know we've really shifted. I don't, to be honest, there's probably a bunch of companies in town now. I don't even know. I haven't even looked up who our competitors are. Probably in two years. Because I just don't care. It just doesn't matter. Because I'm not doing anything they're doing in anyway. Right. Because I'm confident I can do it way better. And you already have your systems in place to where and it works. What, it works. So yeah, you know that. What What would you say that your top systems are that have helped you the most? What What do those look like? Um, a few. Uh, first off, having obviously somebody answer the phone, and our office manager kind of does it the same way every single time, right? And so that's that's key. Um, a few things that making sure our quotes get done within 24 to 48 hours is key. That's not, not, we're not perfect at it, but we try like heck. Sometimes you get busy, but we really try. Uh, and then the biggest thing is when your texts are on the job, having a system in place that they know exactly how to talk to the customer and intentionally why they're doing it. And because at the end of the day, they're, that's the experience they're going to remember the most is when the texts are there because they're there the longest. Yeah, they may, you it's know. in person too. Yeah, they, they talk to Ken on the phone once or twice. You know, every now and then maybe they'll even meet me for five minutes, but they're going to meet our technicians. And so that's probably the biggest key point is to figure out we have something called a three-touch system and, and we'll make podcasts on that later. But uh, that is definitely the biggest one. So how in-depth do you go with training your technicians and what are you training them on? Are you training them on sales in general? Are you training them on how to communicate with the customers? Yeah, we. I don't do a lot of sales training with them just because I've never, I don't like when people sell me. I've always told my guys, if there's something that we offer that they need done, let's say they're there doing window cleaning and they notice the gutters are overflowing, tell the customer the gutters are overflowing and that we offer it and offer to do it while we're there. 
right? That's a that's a good thing to do because we're, we're helping. And you have to remember also in the customer's eyes, you guys are the professionals. Yeah. So a lot of the times, even your advice that you give, they might, you know, they're more prone to listen to you because that's what you do. Yeah. So don't be afraid to tell people when they need something done. I always say this, it's unethical not to offer something to somebody if they need it and we offer the service. And you know that they need and it. And if, if we know their gutters are overflowing and we don't say anything about it, their basement could flood. Their roof could be damaged, yeah. whatever, you know. So it's unethical not to, but you can do it in a way without selling. So let's uh, let's dive in here. This is going to be a, a little bit of a shorter podcast today, but let's dive into kind of key steps in creating a customer experience and kind of what that looks like. And we went over some of these, but um, I wrote basically uh, six steps down. So for you guys that are taking notes, get your pen out because this is kind of what you're going to want to write down here. First one is... When creating a customer experience, you want to be answering the phone every time and have a script of what you're going to say. So for me, even I typed a script out for me in the very beginning and I slapped it on my wall. Every time I'd answer the phone, I'd look at it and I'd read right off it. Right. Um, I think I even did that for Ken in the very beginning. And then you do it so many times, you just learn and you, it's just natural. Right. But it's people don't realize like it is so important how you answer the phone. That is the very first contact a customer makes with you. So if you're miserable sounding or it's just a hello. Don't answer. Good oh. night. Who am I calling? We just had this experience like a couple days ago. Yeah. We called ca- called a company, answers, hello. Is this so-and-so? Like literally thought yep, I had the wrong number. Yeah, thought we had the wrong number. Is this so-and-so? Yeah, this is so-and-so. Is this the company? Yeah. Like we didn't even know who we were calling. So don't answer hello. Yeah. Tell them who you are and what business you're representing. Yeah. Um, so write a script down. It can be simple. Thank you for calling the dirt hunter. This is Matt speaking. How can I help you? Say it the same way every single time. Second thing is having a system for estimates so they get done faster than your competition. This is huge because if you can answer the phone before your competition, because they're going to let it go to voicemail most of the time and you can get out there before they do. I can't tell you how many times we've done quotes and the client says, man, like you, you did a quote before, like anybody else even called me back. That's how you win. Period. So you got to have a system in place to get those estimates done fast. If you can do them online, awesome. Uh, if you can do them in person, great. Make sure you have a good estimate sheet that stands out from everybody else. Do not write your prices on business cards or something stupid because you're going to look stupid. Period. Okay. Uh, third thing, having a follow-up system in place to schedule those estimates that you did. Even if that client doesn't want to close the deal while you're standing in front of them, call them the very next day and then call them the next day, and then call them the next day until they either tell you, hey, we're moving forward or go away, right? You don't have to be pushy, right? Sometimes people say, oh, I gotta talk to my husband. Okay, that's fine, follow up with them the next day. Just ask the question. Ask them if they wanna move forward. And what we found is most of the time people say, oh, thank you so much for following up, like I've been so busy, or, or I forgot. Like you have to remember, they are not thinking about your business like you are, right? So there is no, for you, there is no set follow up. It's follow up until you know, they tell you to fly a kite or they tell Yeah, you and, and we take notes in our CRM like, hey, uh, this person wants us to call us back in two weeks. We're not going to call them the next day. Right. We'll call, But we will set it up and call Whatever, them back. Whatever, I think, you know, one of the, a good system you guys could put in place, um, if they tell you two weeks or whatever their time frame is, cut it in half. So if they tell you call me back in a month, call them back in two weeks. Sure, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, here's the deal. Someone's saying call me back in a month, they're not interested and they're just not telling you. Right. And so those are the types of people you have to weed out. Obviously, another objections. Oh, I need to talk to my husband. That's an objection. Yeah. They don't know if they want to move forward. Maybe your price is too much. Maybe they, they're getting other quotes. 
That's just an objection, right? But that's where the follow-up comes in. That's okay. I'll call him tomorrow. And tomorrow she'll tell me because she's going to realize he's going to keep calling me until I tell him to go away, right? Or they're going to sign up. Um, Fourth thing, making sure the technician knows exactly what to say while they're at the customer's home. And that way they have a a consistent customer experience, right? That's that three-touch system I'm talking about. Real quick, I'll breeze through it. Get to the door. Uh, crew leader introduces himself, introduces the technician, goes over the job uh, description, asks the customer, is this all you're getting done today? Yes, perfect. That way there's no screw up about what they're doing. Halfway through the job, they touch base the customer, Mr. So-and-so, we're halfway done. Just want to let you know we have about 45 minutes left or whatever it is. Perfect. That's a great time to tell them about the upsells. Hey, by the way, when we're up on the ladder in the back, those back gutters are full. And, uh, you know, if those overflow, again, I'm not trying to sell you, but water could, you know, get into your basement or whatever. Typically we charge like a hundred bucks for that, but we could do it today for $49 since we're already out here. Do you want us to take care of that? Yes or no, move on. The last touch is at the end, asking for referrals while collecting payment, blah, blah, blah. Doing a walk around with a customer, that's crucial. We always offer a walk around so we can show them our work and we do it every single time we're out there, okay? Fifth thing, sending a thank you card, an email, phone call, whatever it is that you do, it works best. For us, we do thank you emails. Um, Everybody gets it. It's an automated system we use in our CRM. Okay. So don't panic. You don't have to do every single one on your own. Now, I think it's powerful if you send out a thank you uh, card that's handwritten, but when you're doing hundreds of jobs a month, it's just not feasible sometimes. You got to pick your battles. What am I going to do? So for us, thank you emails are what work. Um, And could we do a better job and send postcards? Of course. But for the resources we have, we do emails and it works great, right? Um, And again, none of this is set in stone. You don't have to follow this exactly. This is just kind of a roadmap of what we do and it's what works for us. So you can tweak it to kind of fit the culture of your company. Uh, And then the last thing is touching base with that client three times a year or more to see if they need more services and just to stay top of mind. This is something nobody does. I talked talked to you, uh, you about this in the last podcast. Yeah, and I think we asked kind of the same question on the last one, but you're not trying to sell them when you're touching base with them. You're just, you know, what what is said on that again? You're not you're not selling them on anything. You can say, you know, we touch base in the spring, late summer, early fall. We're saying, hey, we're just calling you. This is a value call, first off. We're calling you because we wanted to give you an opportunity to get on our schedule for fall before it fills up with new clients. Did you want to take advantage of that? Uh, no, not right now. Okay. Hey, no problem. It was good talking to you. I hope everything's well. We'll talk to you next year. Yeah. Right. And documenting all that in your CRM too. Yeah. And just, you're staying top of mind. Doesn't, I mean, it's great if they sign up, of course. Right. But the idea is to stay in front of them. Make them think of you as many times as you can. Yeah. And it's free. Free. Yep. Pick up the phone. So that's how we create a customer experience inside of our company. Um, that's kind of breezing through it. But I hope that gives you guys a good enough roadmap to kind of get started. And I can't tell you enough, this is one of the most important things you'll ever do. People always say, what kind of system should I develop? What should I do inside my business? Like, what's the, what's the best thing I could do? This is the best thing you can do. When people buy from you, this is how you get referrals, by the way. When people feel good from, about buying from you, it's because they had a good customer experience. And you have to figure out a way to replicate this over and over and over. And if you're small in a one-man show and it feels stupid and you're like, oh, I'll just wait till I get employees, you can't. You got to do it now because the bigger you get, the harder it is to start. For me now, if I want to put a new system in our business, it is challenging because our guys are so used to doing things the way they do them. So you better have it pretty darn close to right when you're growing. Yeah, because change is hard. 
change is real hard. So, hey guys, by the way, do me a favor. You guys know we do this podcast for free. It's all about bringing you guys value. Uh, if you could do me a favor and rate this podcast, if it brings you value, give us a five star. We'd also love to kind of hear your remarks about uh, hopefully how it's helping you grow your company wherever you're at in the country or the world. Also, if you want, go f- uh, go ahead and follow me on YouTube at Service Industry Coach. And you can also go to our website if you need any type of marketing at serviceindustrymarketer.com. We do all sorts of print, uh, phone sales, and internet sales such as pay-per-click for AdWords and Facebook ads. So we love you guys as always. We hope you have an awesome day and go make some money. See ya.